Welcome to this new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and this is our basketball expert, Joe Volent. Hi guys, hope everything's doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of European Hoops podcast. So André, let us know, man, what do we have for today? Today, we bring you the part two of our round 10 preview. And we will take from where we left yesterday and we will keep moving on and preview all the the next five games that will take place on this round 10 and we start with the game that will that will place first against last of the standings of the early Real Madrid against Alba Real Madrid hasn't lost yet on this edition of the Euro League and of course and obviously they are massive favorites heading into this game against Alba the hard question that I will pose to you Duke is how can Alba be competitive and not be blown out on this game. Well, I mean, you got to try to outscore Real Madrid because it, you just don't have the the solutions to to keep up with them in a competitive game throughout forty minutes. You just have to try to outscore them and hope that they have a a, a night off, uh, off night, I should say. Uh, obviously, they got to do a good job guarding the three, and, and the bigs have to be consistent defensively protecting that paint because Real is such a big team that they can give problems to anybody. So, I mean, it, obviously, it's super hard for Alba to be able to compete here because Real Madrid has everything on their side. On their side. I mean, the size, the experience, the talent, the depth. I mean, you name it. Like, Real Madrid is obviously the better team. They are clearly the favorites, and I expect them to show that. But we do know that these top teams sometimes have, some, have a thing for playing down to their competition, and hopefully Real Madrid doesn't do that because uh, I believe they should send a message from the start, show that they are the better team and, and just run away with the score because that's their obligation due to the, the, the difference of rosters here on, on this matchup is huge. So uh, Real Madrid needs to display that. Yeah, you are absolutely on point. Alba needs to run. Alba needs to try to score at the highest level that they can. They are a good offensive rebounding team. That will be very hard to do against uh, Real Madrid. That is the the best offensive rebounding team of the competition. But if they are able to find second chances, they they cause a lot of turnovers from their opponents. They are the second. Uh, they are the team with the second highest turn, uh, steals per game of the whole competition at eight point one. All of those things are very hard to do against uh, this Real Madrid team that has so much talent, so much depth and has the superiority heading to this matchup. But uh, the way for Alba to do it is to try to outscore Real Madrid, try to, to compete with them offensively. It will be a very hard achievement to do. If they do it, it, it will be the first win ever of Alba against Real Madrid. Real Madrid has the advantage on their head-to-heads. They are 14-0 against Alba. And our lean is a strong lean to it to become a 15-0. But... Uh, we know that sometimes and in some nights Alba can be a surprising team. They are a young team with uh, some potential and um, if they are able to, to put up a good performance and a good show in Madrid, won't be surprising, but it will be very, very hard for them to be able to, to come out of this game with the win. In terms of, me, of individual matchups, I am going with uh, Gabriel Parchida against uh, Musa. This is for me the type of games where these young players and Parchita is one elite young player that we have high expectations for in the long run. It's the type of games where they can flourish and can just show their talent. And if he's feeling confident and comfortable in this game, and particularly against a player like Musa, 
that he's also a high-level young player. Uh, I think that can be a very entertaining matchup to, to follow. What about you? Which individual matchup, which individual players will you be looking at on this game? Well, first of all, I, I agree with yours. I, I believe that uh, for Procida, I, I think it's an important matchup for him to show that he belongs. So uh, I definitely expect him to be motivated to play at a high level on this one. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Johan Steeman and Gabriel Deck. Uh, I think with Yabuzela being hurt now, uh, I believe Gabriel Deck will be the guy sliding to their fourth position. And I think Johan Steeman obviously is the a model of consistency for this Alba team. He He's always on point. He always does his job. And Gabriel Deck is kind of the same thing too for Real Madrid. Uh, he does a lot for them. Uh, defensively, offensively, he's able to be a playmaker as well uh, from the forward position. And I think those two guys are going to have a pretty interesting matchup. That's a tough match- matchup. It's two guys that are extremely tough, that play hard, that uh, play a tough brand of basketball, and that certainly will be also entertaining to watch. Let's continue. Let's move on into the next game. And uh, this is a game between two teams that are tied in the standings with four wins and five losses, Efes and uh, Partizan. We have heard the news of Shen Larkin possibly needing surgery uh, after a finger injury. He hasn't been officially ruled out for this game. It's unlikely that he will be able to play. FS plays at home. They have lost their previous game, uh, but uh, won two out of their last three. Partizan also won two out of their last three and comes, uh, comes to this game after a win. This is a very important game for these two teams that uh, have been um, underperformer, are they underperforming their level of talent. But uh, this is a game that... I expect Partizan to take uh, ad- take advantage of uh, FS being lacking one of their main players, or I expect them to be lacking one of their main players, and for Partizan to start to or to continue to grow and to be able to impose themselves on this particular matchup against FS. What about you? How do you see this game unrolling? Yeah, I also give the advantage to Partizan. Uh, I mean, obviously, with FS having the risk of being without not only Shane Larkin, but Elijah Bryant looks like he's still hurt. So, uh, obviously, those are two guys who are very important for Efes, um, and they're going to need guys to step up, and I think Rodrigue Bobois is going to be one of them to, to step up in Shane Larkin's absence, and Darius Thompson to, to be the main creator now, the, the main playmaker for this team. He's obviously, he's been playing better lately, so uh, I think he definitely needs to be one of the guys to, to really step up and play at the level that he did last year for Basconia. Uh, but I, I do think Partizan has the advantage here. They, they've they been playing better. They've been getting some wins. Uh, I think uh, the way they guard Will Clyburn here is going to be decisive because now without Shane Larkin, I believe the ball will be in Will Clyburn's hands a, a lot more. And, and obviously, I think that's a good thing for FS. Not It's not good that Shane Larkin is hurt, but for them to win, I, I just think the ball should be more on their best player's hands. Uh, but I think Partizan has bodies to throw at him uh, and they can give him different looks too. You can go with a, a pure wing in Nunnally, or you can go with a bigger guy in Zach Lede, who can also hang. So I think they have options there, and I believe Partizan has the advantage. I also have that win, um, but I expect this to be a close game. Even despite yeah. those big absences from FS, this is the type of situation that, especially on the first games after those big absences happen, um, the team tends to step up and to perform at a higher level. So I expect FS to be extremely competitive. I just, like you said, like I said before, uh, Partizan uh, should be seen as having an advantage heading into the into this game. 
in terms of individual matchups that will impact the outcome of this game? Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Will Clabbert and uh, Nanali. Uh, I believe, obviously, Will Clabbert. I've been saying this uh, all the time. I, I think he's the best player for Evans. I think he should have the ball in his hands a lot more. And I believe now with Shane Larkin being out, that's going to happen. So I think his talent will be on full display. And for Partizan, the wing that's been playing at the highest level and the guy who's been probably one of the most consistent players for them this season and probably one of the best players too is Nanali. So I think those two guys will need to be at their A game and, and I think it's going to be a, a hell of a matchup. Yeah, I I will piggyback on this one. I will go with the same right. one because for me that is the key matchup of this game. Nanali has been probably the best player for Partizan. Not in all the games, but overall the most consistent player for Partizan. And Will Clyburn, as we know, is one of the best players in the EuroLeague. But he hasn't been consistent throughout the, the EuroLeague so far. So it's a conjugation of two players that are having different seasons, but that have that are absolutely crucial for their teams at this moment. And for me, that's absolutely the most important matchup of this game. So I will have to, to go with the same one. I will be copying you shamelessly on the on this on this one and I'll go with the same matchup. Let's go into Greece now and speak about the game that will put face to face Olympiakos against Jalgiris. Do you expect Jalgiris to be angry for Olympiakos to steal their players and come into this game with revenge on their minds? I'm obviously joking. How do you expect this game to, to turn turn out? Yeah, I don't think I I don't think Zagiris needs extra motivation. They they are always <laughs> a motivated team. They always play with energy. So I don't think that's going to be an issue there. Um, I think this game will be very competitive. Uh, Olympiakos has been missing a lot of players due to injury. Uh, Milutinov, McKissick, Williams Goss now. So I, I believe this game is going to be very competitive. I, I do think Olympiakos has the edge just because of the way they play defense. And I do think they have more talent. But uh, I think uh, Zagiris has a chance to, to come into Greece and, and to have a very competitive game because they keep fighting like even though they don't have as much talent as other teams, they, they just fight until the end. They, they play defense and then they play as a team. So we're going to see how those, how those small ball lineups can, can go against uh, Mustafa Fall. Uh, I think it can be dangerous, but we'll see how Zagreb is able to explore that. And I think it's going to be very competitive for sure. Dangerous is a good word to describe it. It certainly can be a problem and Falk can give issues to this Jalgiris team and Jalgiris roster. Regarding this game specifically, and we many times speak about Olympiakos lacking the, the go-to guy, the more offensive, offensive fluidity and all of those things regarding the Olympiakos team. But for me on this game is actually, can Jalgiris score against Olympiakos? We know how good of a defensive team Olympiakos is. And Jalgiris is a good team and they will be able to fight in most of the matchups. They will be able to try to stay on the games and find ways to, to stay on the game. But are they able to, on this night, on this game against Olympiacos, to score at a high enough level for them to, to be competitive and to be able to compete against all this Olympiacos team? For me, that's absolutely the crucial factor and the crucial aspect for Jalgiris to be able to be competitive. And uh, I do lean... As for Olympiacos to have an advantage playing at home, I think that they are the deeper team, uh, despite the absences. And uh, I think that uh, this will be a tough one for Jalgiris, and they will need to find ways to score at a high enough level for them to have a, a chance on this matchup. Since I copied you last time around, <laughs> who is your individual matchup that will be key for this game? Well, I'm going to go with... 
Thomas Walkup and Kenan Evans, of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're talking about the best offensive player for Zalgiris and the best defender, the best guard defender in the league, probably, in Thomas Walkup. Uh, I believe for Zalgiris to have a chance, Kenan Evans needs to be the best player on the floor. And uh, I think Thomas Walkup will be the guy stopping that. And I think that's why Olympiakos has an advantage there because they have guys to play elite defense. And obviously, it starts with Thomas Walkup. So uh, I think. That's that's the main matchup right here. Yeah, that's absolutely the main matchup of this game and a high-level matchup that will be very entertaining to, to watch, especially with Walcup have started in the EuroLeague with uh, this Shalgiri team, especially. That's always a special matchup for, for him as a game uh, to play against this team. And uh, this particular matchup against Keenan Havertz will be a high-level one. I will go with Roland Schmitz against Alec Peters. We know how good Alec Peters has been for this uh, Olympiago team. So we will need Schmidt to not only to be able to perform offensively, as he usually does and brings that consistency, but also to step up defensively and to be able to give some trouble to, to Peters that has been playing at such a high level for this Olympiacos team. Because while, for me, the main question is can Jalgiri score enough and perform at a high enough level offensively, they will need to be consistent defensively and not uh, allow especially the bigs for Olympiacos to just impose themselves and to dominate this uh, this matchup against uh, Jalgiris. Another game that will certainly be an interesting one and uh, probably we wouldn't expect that uh, heading into round 10, we will have Basconi and Monaco tied with five wins and four losses. Basconi, after the coaching change, has been impressive. He's playing at a very high level. And the defensive improvements have been a, a big part of how they have been able to do it. They have won their last four games. Monaco went in a five-game winning streak, but lost their previous two games. Has been a season of some inconsistency for Monaco's side. When they are playing well, they are playing very, very well and look as one of the best teams in the competition. Basconi seems to have found themselves and have been performing at a very high level. How dangerous will this game be for Monaco, do you? Well, I think obviously it can be a dangerous game. I mean, Basconia has been playing very well and they've been playing good defense too, which is the, the main factor for them. Uh, we always knew they had the, the offensive talent, led by Marcos Howard, of course, but it was their ability to play defense that we questioned sometimes. So they've been proving us wrong there and they've been playing it at a very high level. But uh, I do think Monaco is a lot more talented as a team and, and I think they... I think they're going to bounce back this week, and I believe they have a, a, ch a good chance to get a win here. Um, Basconi will give them trouble, though. there's no doubt about that. But I just think in the end, they, they have more options. They have a, a better overall roster, a more balanced roster, and I think they have the pieces to, to take over Basconi here. I, I'm torn. I'm very torn on this game. I'm, I agree with your breakdown of the game. I think you are just on point with your breakdown of the game. But, at the same time, Baskon is playing at a very high level. Tata Sadakersk is being available or not after being injured is a big part uh, of, sure. uh, of Baskonia's chances in this game because he's such an important player for them. He has been such an important player for them. If Monaco is able to throw through, uh, Montiunas to impose themselves uh, on the inside and cause some damage against Basconia. That's a way that one can find more ways to, to open up the game for them. This will be a competitive matchup. 
And I am really torn picking its side on this <laughs> one because um, because of the way that Basconi has been playing. But let's take a quick peek into players and to individual matchups. And I am picking Timo Moneke against the whole Monaco team. I just and I heard his comments <laughs> and I heard his comments on the role player podcast and um, I he didn't sound particularly satisfied with how things went with uh, his relation with uh, coach Obradovic uh, once he was there with uh, Monaco I just think uh, that this is uh, th- the stage is set for a revenge game and Chiba Monaco has been playing with such confidence and at such a high level for this Basconi team so I'm picking him against this Monaco team and if Basconi is able to to get the win on this game his energy and his ability to impact the game uh, will be very important. We know that at times that can have the opposite effect. It can lead to mistakes, can lead to to mistakes on both sides of the court, can lead to fall trouble, can lead to turnovers. But if he's able to, to have a very high-level performance, especially with Sarkarskis being in question for this game, uh, that certainly will play a huge, huge role for, uh, for Basconi. What about you? Well, uh, I was going to... Okay, I have a question for you uh, about you, you that. Can pick, that. You can pick. You can pick match up with Monaco and another player. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, I mean, another player. Well, he said the whole team. <laughs> yeah, of course, he's right. No, but do you think John Brown will allow that? Oh, that's a problem. John Brown is an issue for anybody in the like He didn't allow Mirotic to do much, so Monaco will have to really step up. I with these things, I. It's, it's it's always funny when in these particular matchups and it's about just inner energy and will and we know that the John Brown, the Allo, like the depth of those wings in the Monaco side is uh, deserves respect from anybody. And I'm sure that Monaco respects them and respects <laughs> the, the whole Monaco team, but uh, it certainly won't be an easy task for him to to lead this Pascani team to 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 a win over over Monaco. But uh, besides you you countering my Chima Monaco with John Brown, who is your individual matchup? <laughs> I could just go with John Brown guarding the whole team, but I, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> now nah, I'm going to go with Mike James and Marcus Howard. I think, obviously, two elite scorers uh, in a game where I, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I believe these guys will have the ball in their hands. I believe these guys will be making most of the decisions at the end of the game. So I'm going to go with those two guys to, to be the, the crucial matchup. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. And the, Mike James is proven he's a MVP level player in the EuroLeague. Marcus Howard has been inconsistent. And like Monaco Impact, the way that Wascon is able to play defense, all of that is very important for them to have a chance in this game. Marcus Howard being able to step up and to perform at a similar level to what Mike James can give to Monaco certainly is key and is extremely important for this matchup between Basconia and Monaco. Let's move into the last game of this round 10 and to the last preview of this episode. The game, a game between two teams that have been disappointing in the way that they have been starting this EuroLeague season, Red Star and Milano. They are tied with three wins and six losses. And this certainly is a very important matchup for either of these teams, a matchup that both will want to win on their fight to, to be on the playoff spots. Who do you think has an edge on this game? I'm going to go with Red Star. Uh, I think they, they've they been playing better. The, the last week was positive for them, even though they lost to Olympiakos. I think 
they played a very competitive game and I believe they took the, a step in the right direction, uh, beating Fenerbahce the way they did. Uh, I think being at home now against Milano, uh, I believe they have the edge. I mean, Milos Teodosic has been playing at a very high level and they also have uh, Jago Dushantos and Nedovic playing very good too. So I just think the guard rotation that they have is going gonna, is gonna to take over the, the, the matchup against Milano's guard rotation. And I think that's going to be too much for Milano to handle. Obviously, they do have Siobhan Shields and they do have uh, Mirotic. But I think Red Star, uh, with Gidraitis being able to match up with Shields, uh, obviously Mirotic, is, it's a different issue now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think being at home, the, the whole energy that that crowd is going to give them, uh, I think they have a chance to, to win this game at home. The, the fact that Red Star is playing at home, I think it's their biggest advantage on, yeah. uh, on this game. Milano is 0-4 on the road and the Red Star is 3-1 at home while they are 0-5 on the road as well. These are two teams that have been performing at very different levels at home and on the road. And the Red Star, for me, that's uh, what gives them the edge on uh, on this matchup. And you were speaking about Mirotic being uh, a different issue and he usually is a different issue for almost everybody on this particular game. He probably will be an issue to Luka Mitrovic that has been the, the top statistical player for this Red Star team and probably he will have the assignment on Mirotic on, the, on this game. It will be a very competitive game and I it for me it's hard for a team that has been as inconsistent as Milano has been, even if I recognize them the talent to do it, to go into Serbia to play against this Red Star team and to be able to beat them uh, in, the, in their home court where they are so strong at and I, for them to be able to do it, they will need to have their top players to perform as a, at a very high level. And more than that, they will need to bring what we saw on their last game. And they have won their last game where it was a team effort. They need to play as a team. They need to play as a group. They need to be able to share the ball. They need to find options that go besides Shaven Shield and Nikola Miotic to be able to individually to solve it and to to. Pr- pr- produce offensively for them. They need to do it as a team. They have more talented despite their issues on the backcourt and they need to be able to find those options and those those talented players. And that's why on my individual matchups, I will change it up a little bit and I will go with Milano frontcourt against against, uh, Red Star backcourt. Milano can have an advantage on their interior players and those players being able to step up and to perform at a very, very high level, it's where Milano can be able to come into this game, can try to out-rebound Red Star, what won't be an easy task to do, with Red Star being one of the best rebounding teams of the, the whole competition, especially offensively. They rank second in offensive rebounds per game, and uh, Milano's interior players and Milano front court will, be able to, will need to play at the best of their abilities. On the other hand, for Red Star... Their backcourt clearly, for me, has the advantage on this matchup. And it's another good game from Alciodosic, Nedovic, Jagrushanic, and Napier that will be playing against his former team. Uh, all of those players, uh, for me, have a clear, clear, clear advantage. And uh, all of those players, uh, for me, uh, can be crucial with, um, with the way that uh, this game will evolve and can be decisive for the, the outcome of this game. I'm going to go with uh, Rokas Gidraitis and Siobhan Shields. I, I think those two guys are going to be matched up at, at the wing position. And I think for Milano to have a chance, 
they need to have their number two guy, which is Shields, to, to playing at a at a, a very high level and to score at a high level too, because clearly they need scores outside of Miritich, and I think he's the X factor there. And I believe Rockets Gedraitis will have to do a hell of a job defensively to be able to contain him. So I'm very excited about that matchup. Very well. This takes us to the end of this part two of our round 10 preview. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter, and make sure to share this podcast with a friend of yours that likes the early. That's the way for us to continue to grow and to continue to bring you this free podcast to all of you. As always, I'll be talking with you guys. Bye, guys. See you all next episode.